tomorrow, the temperature, they tell us, is supposed to be in the 40s, and then that's going to melt the snow. And when that happens, then what's going to happen is what they call black ice. All right, and that just means what you can't see on the roadway that is refrozen and then very slippery. Job 6, look at verse 16. The Bible says, we'll start in verse 15. My brethren have dealt deceitfully as a brook, and as the stream of brooks they pass away, which are blackish by reason of the ice, and wherein the snow is hid. I thought God had black ice. He knew about that long before anybody that ever knew about it at the Weather Channel. And, um, and really, that's really what turned my attention to what I'm going to preach on tonight. I want you to go now to, to the Job chapter 38. And that is, I'm going to preach on the treasures of snow. And uh, we have had more snow, I think, today than in my recollection in the probably the four years that I was here when I was in college. And then since we've been here in South Carolina, I don't remember 10 inches of snow if that's what we've had. And, um, and the Bible has something to say about snow. And I, I want to point that out to you tonight. I want you to be able to look at a few verses and see at least some of the things that I think are important to us and maybe that might be a help. The Bible speaking about the treasures of snow, though, that God, God is able to bring treasures out of the snow, that he has treasures in the snow. And, and I think before I, before I get into the text, let me say this. The Bible has much to say about snow being white as snow. And when the Bible says being white as snow, you find that ten times in the Scripture. The first time you find it, Moses, Moses puts his hand inside of his garment, and when he pulls it out, it's leprous as white as snow, and when he puts it back in, then it's cleansed. His sister Miriam is given leprosy, and the Bible says that she is as white as snow. And then the Bible speaks about Naaman and his leprosy that caused him to be white as snow. If you could imagine in your mind these spots that are on the body that are, that are white like snow. And leprosy definitely a picture of sin. But then when you start looking at the snow in the Bible, then there is much to say about snow that has to do with cleansing. That come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. That God takes and has the ability to cleanse that. Psalm 51, 7. David said, wash me and I shall be white as snow. After committing a sin where he took in another man's life by way of letter and by committing fornication and then a child dying from that, he said, God, there's nobody that can help me apart from you. Please wash me and I'll be as white as snow. The church can't wash you. A priest can't wash you. A pastor can't wash you. But the blood of Jesus Christ can wash you from your sin. And what I'm saying is that snow is compared then to something that cleanses, that cleanses. It's also compared to the Word of God. Isaiah 55 speaks about the snow and the Bible and the Word of God. In John 10, you're clean through the Word that I've spoken you. And when you think about snow, it's just as white out there. And boy, what a, what a picture, white everywhere. I'm glad that when God looks at my record book, he sees a white page. And that page is white, not because of how good I've lived, but because I have the righteousness of Jesus Christ, not one line written down there. I got a whole lot more than just cleansed from sin when I got saved. I got the righteousness of Jesus Christ as well. And so that's not something a church can give you. But the snow is a picture of cleansing. The snow is also a picture of Christ. Do you know the last four mentions of snow in the Bible all have to do with Christ? 
In the book of Daniel, chapter 7, it speaks about the one that sits on the throne and his hair being white like snow. The same is said of Jesus in Matthew 28 and Mark chapter 9 that his raiment was white as snow. And then the last picture of snow we have in the Bible is Revelation chapter 1. And it speaks of Jesus Christ. And he has eyes that are a flame of fire, but his head and his hairs were as white as snow. If my brother, if he's home tonight and he's shut in, Brent, that, that's a verse that you ought to understand. Hair is white as snow. And that, that was something, though, that's a picture of Christ. So when you think of snow in the Bible, snow speaks of cleansing, but then snow <coughs> also speaks of Christ. Now, that being said, what I want to look at is here in Job 38 in verse number We'll start in verse 21. The Bible says, Knowest thou it because thou wast then born or because the number of thy days is great? Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow? Or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war? I want you to underline that again. God wrote the book of Job. Job didn't write that. God used Job's hand to write what he wanted, and he wrote down the phrase, the treasures of the snow. What does that mean? What does that mean? And I, I want to look at that tonight here for just a moment, all right? Would you pray with me, Lord, for all of our people that are at home tonight, listening by way of radio, those, Lord, that are listening by way of live stream, those that may have gathered around trying to find a service being broadcast our friends in other places. I pray, God, tonight you would help them. And in this, this time of, of inclement weather that has taken and slowed our life down once again, God, I pray that you'd help us to be still and hear your voice. And, Lord, we thank you for the good singing that's been done here today. And we thank you, Lord, for the people that have made the effort to get the lights on and the sidewalks cleared and to come out in, in this kind of weather to try to help people to get inside. And, Lord, we pray that you'd bless their efforts. And, Lord, we pray that you'd bless particularly tonight the preaching of your word. Lord, please help us. Without you, we can do nothing. But, Lord, through Christ, we can do all things. Help us to be that voice we need to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Treasures of snow. Now, I want you to think about the book you're in, first of all. Treasures of snow. What does that mean? God is speaking to Job in Job 38. This is not those three friends that really had nothing to offer. This is not the young man Elihu speaking. This is God himself speaking to Job. By the way, I'm glad I have a God that speaks. I'm glad the God that I have is not one that I just speak to, but one that speaks back to me. I can hear somebody say, well, he doesn't speak to me. Well, the Bible says we have communion of the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you right now, you can hear God's voice if you listen. Amen. Amen. He speaks. He's a living God. And he speaks to Job. But if you remember where we are, the book of Job is a, a story or a, a really a, a presentation of a man that chose to love God and Satan said the only reason he loves you and the only reason he obeys you is because of everything you've given him. And he lost everything. He lost everything in chapters 1 and 2. He lost his family. He lost his health. He lost his wealth. He lost everything. If you were to go and ask Job, Job, what do you have left in your, in your uh, safety deposit box? He'd say, I don't have anything. 
Joe, what do you have left in reserve when it comes to your finances? He said, I don't have anything left in reserve. I don't have anything. I have, I have no servants. One servant came at each time of loss and told him and informed him of the loss. He didn't have any children left. He lost everything. And in the middle of that, God is speaking to Job in verse number 22, and he says, Hast thou entered into the treasures of snow? Or hast thou seen the treasures of the hell? And the first thing I want to say about that is this, that you and I, we have a lot of treasures that we lose in our life, but there are some treasures that cannot be lost. Do you understand, with God speaking to Job about treasures of snow, he says in verse 23 that he has reserved against the time of trouble. There are many things that you and I lose in life. There are things that we lose because of circumstances. We could lose our health. We could lose our family. We could lose the wealth that we have. There's all kind of things that we can lose. But I'm, I'm glad to tell you tonight, you listen to me, God looked at Job and he said, Job, I just want you to know there's some treasures that are not in danger of being lost. There's some treasures that you can't lose. You say, what would that be? I'll tell you one treasure you can't lose. You can't lose your salvation. How about that? You cannot lose the fact that you've been placed in the family of God. You might lose your health. You might lose your family. You, listen, you might lose everything you have between now and the end of this month. But I'm going to tell you one thing you cannot lose. You cannot lose your standing of being in the family of God if you've been born again. Once you're a child of God, you can't lose that. That's a treasure that cannot be touched by circumstances. And I'm praising the Lord tonight. God's telling Job, Job, there's some treasures that you can't lose. There's some treasures you can't lose. You may not even have seen them. You see what the Bible says there? He says, hast thou entered into the treasure of the snow? You been to that treasure house? He said, have you seen the treasures of the hell? Have you even seen it? There's some things you haven't seen. I'm telling you right now, I've got a mansion in heaven. The Bible tells you that in John chapter 14. I've never seen it. I've never been there, but I believe on the authority of the word of God. I've got a mansion in heaven reserved. I have an inheritance kept just for me. And you have the same thing. You can't lose that. I think that's why the devil works overtime trying to get God's children to doubt their security. He wants you to doubt that you're born again. I'm telling you right now, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what the devil throws at you, those fiery darts. Although, listen, when I, when I got right with God at 23 years of age, the devil convinced me there was no way that I could have been saved and lived the way I lived. And I got to agreeing with him about that. You're right. No way I could be that wicked and really be saved. But my, my wickedness or my righteousness has nothing to do with the righteousness of Jesus Christ that paid the penalty of sin on the cross of Calvary. All of those things were settled by God. God's the one that took care of that. I didn't take care of that. And look, I, I'm, listen, because I live a good life or because I live a wicked life, it doesn't give me any standing with God. Faith in the finished work of Christ, that's what gives you salvation. You can't lose that so the devil works overtime. To tell you, hey, look, there's treasure. Listen, he's the one that touched the treasures of Job's life. And he'll try to touch the treasures of your life. But there's some treasures that you can't lose. Amen. And then the second thing, these treasures are during a season of winter time in Job's life. I want you to think about that for a minute. Life is full of seasons. There are seasons of springtime when things are blooming and then there are seasons of harvest when you're reaping things. Then there are seasons of winter. 
Winter is something that a church goes through. It is something that a Christian goes through. It's definitely something that Job is living in. I want you to think about it for as far as the season of his life. Right now, we have some very dear people. And I mean, I believe that God loves them. But they are in not just the physical season of winter. They have a spouse, a father, a friend that's breathed their last breath. It's hard to find joy during that time. That season of winter is a, a hard season. You know, when you think about winter, winter is a time when there is a definitely a coldness and a deadness that pervades the land. There is a time when things are very fruitless. In fact, that's one reason that people worry about what they're going to eat and uh, worry about going. Isn't it funny? I mean, how many loaves of bread and bottles of milk and jugs of orange juice can you really save up to, to make it through the blizzard, man? I, I mean, but people, they, they go and they buy everything that's down there. My wife told me, and she said that I went to go get some, some heavy cream. You say, why would you go get heavy cream? Snow cream. And she said um, that the stores were just empty of heavy cream. Everybody had the same idea. We need to, we need to make snow cream. Well, she found something. It was so good today. I, I had such a good time eating snow cream today. And then, then my daughter ruined it for me after I told her, you know, that snow, snow is uh, really is formed around a particle. Every, ice is not that way. Ice is just when, when it reaches a certain temperature, the water freezes, and then, then you get hail and you get sleet. All right, rain, same thing. But when you have snow, there is a particle, some dust, mineral, whatever, that that, that, that ice forms around and makes that flake. So I ate a bowl of snow cream, had a bunch of dirt in it, amen. <laughs> Couldn't see it, but it was there. But listen, it's a, it's a time when the, the power is in question. Everybody today was worried about power, power outages. Aren't you glad that we didn't get hit with two inches of ice and didn't lose power? We have a lot of people that couldn't be here tonight because of the condition of the roads, but at least they're sitting at home, and at least they've got their television on, and they have the radio on, and they've got the heat on. I mean, thank God for heat inside this building. Praise the Lord for that, that, that we didn't lose power. And I, I'm t that's why people are worried about heat. And hey, can I say something to you? All right, listen to me. This is free. You can't get heat from a media device. How about that? You know where you get heat from? You get heat from somebody else. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says when you get cold, the Bible says how can two have heat if one is alone? You, you, you got to have somebody else that's there. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can't get heat from a media device, but you sure can find some heat from the one that created the sun. Amen. You can find heat with your family members and friends. That's why it's important to come to church. Can I get an amen right there? And that's no, no, no slight to those that couldn't make it tonight. Didn't know if we would. But I'm just saying, there is a time of, of winter, a winter season. And that's where he is. But there's treasure even in that winter season. Do you understand? He's speaking to Job in a season of his life, and he's talking about treasures. How can you talk about treasures at this time? Treasures, treasures are not existent right now. Ten graves, body that's racked with disease. How, how can you say that there's anything that would be true? Because God can give treasures in a winter season. I thought about there are some positive things about winter. And, um, you know, I, I, how many of you would like to hibernate like a bear for about three or four months? Wouldn't that be a blessing? Just go to sleep for a while. The grass goes dormant. It quits working. That's what, that's what happens in the snow. 
at least down south, people quit working. Then they go find people that have trucks and they go out and ride around for a while. That's right, people quit working. That's what snow means. I mean, it, and it only takes that much in Alabama and we're done. It closes school, closes everything. It's time to, because we've got to be safe so we can go out and get in our trucks and go play. There, there is a thing of rest and slowing down. There's treasures that God can give in winter seasons. And he's showing Job, Job, there's some valuable things even in wintertime. And um, I think a practical application, I'll give you a couple of those here in just a moment. But even in my own life with my dad passing, very difficult for me. He's my hero. And um, we had to go through his effects. I had to look for pictures. And I got to look at pictures of my dad when he was a younger man playing ball. And we got to have some reminiscing about memories, thinking about some things. And I found some treasure in a winter season by looking at some things. I found a pin that he got from NASA when he worked on the, the space shot. I wore it on the day of his funeral. And I, I remember him talking about some of the brightest minds that he had ever been around were gathered in Huntsville, Alabama, along with Cape Canaveral in Houston and trying to get that rocket on the moon. And he was in the middle of all that. And that little, that little thing was like a treasure to look at. There are, God can bring some treasures even in a winter season. You know, some things I think that are good about the, the snow, so, some of the things that are really helpful, and I, I think you'd understand practical, that are just in winter season. Don't you think that people are more careful where they walk when it snows? You think so? You're more careful about where you put your feet down. You're more careful about what you're going to step in and where you're stepping to. You know, I think there's a lot of great application of that. I think we have a generation today that's running to and fro, and so many times they don't think what that next step is going to cost them. I tell you what, you better put some thought into the steps you're taking in life. You better be careful where you put your feet. And then it makes you careful about the way you're traveling. Tonight, on the way home, I promise you, it's going to be dark. People are going to be more careful. You're watching other people. You're watching the road. You, you know what I doubt people are doing? I doubt anybody is going to go home doing this tonight. There is no time to text and drive when you got snow and ice on the road lest you want to spend the night there. And what I'm saying is you're more careful about the way you're traveling. Oh, we're going over a bridge. Oh, we're going uphill. You know, I think there's people today that get swept up in all the different ways people are headed. You know, there's, a, there's a movement, and I'm not part of that movement, and I'm not ever going to mention that movement again, but I, I am not trying to find a new and improved way to walk with God. I believe you ought to walk with God by following what's in the Word of God. I, I believe that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. I don't need all that redefined for me. I don't, I don't need to have somebody talk to me about all the things that were in my past heroes' lives that was a failure. Listen, there is nobody without flaw and without fault. All right, but except one, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's the cornerstone of the church. That's why we're going to keep singing hymns at Tabernacle Baptist Church. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Somebody say amen out there. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I don't need the next thing that, that the, the next uh, uh, record company is putting out to try to get my heart moving a direction. That, that usually is not what they're trying to get moving in a direction. They're trying to get something else moving a direction, your eyes and your ears and your body. I, I don't need a sensual music in the church. I need spiritual music in the church. I'm going to be careful about being drawn into that way. 
Somebody starts changing the way they dress when they get behind a pulpit. Somebody starts changing the Bible references that they make. I don't need somebody to tell me what the Greek word is or tell me what they got out of the ASV or the ESV. I need somebody just to preach what's in the Bible. I want to be wary of somebody moving that direction. I want to be wary of that. So you get, you get more careful in the way. How many of you think you slow down when it snows? <laughs> it took us, I think it took us probably 25 minutes to get to church tonight. And you know, I, was, it's, I, I, had, I don't know that I've ever said this in my life to my son or who's driving. Don't worry about the time. Let's just get there without falling off the road. And we're doing 20 miles an hour. Back up away from them. That's what I say. Back away. I, I, slow down. The pace of life slows down in the time of snow. There's a treasure there. Um, it slowed down for us today. Again, I, we didn't come this morning. I didn't even know I had an opportunity with a four-wheel drive. My son came over later on this afternoon, and, and uh, we went out, and we went, to, and, and went sledding down the side of one of the ramps on Highway 123. We had fun. How many think you can have fun in the snow? You have fun in the snow. You can build a snowman. I built a snowman today. Somebody stuck him with an icicle. <laughs> you can go out and you can ski in the snow. Right, you, you can sled in the snow. When I was in Alabama as a boy, I remember this. A guy had a Baja bug, a Volkswagen that had kind of a lift kit with big tires on the outside of it. And it snowed, and we got a great big long rope, and uh, we got a, a sled, if you would, a sort of a sled. I don't know that it would have been called one. And we went out in the parking lots, and we were, I'm talking about he's flying. This is when I'm like 17 years old, flying through that parking lot, and then he turned just like you're skiing in a boat. I'm talking about kicking up snow, flying. It was so much fun and really probably not smart to do that but we had so much fun you can throw snowballs this morning this morning this morning I, 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 I turn around after looking outside and the dog goes outside and God should we meet today what should we tell the people and all of a sudden right on the back of the neck got hit with a snowball anybody got hit with a snowball today anybody throw a snowball today there's nothing wrong with having fun, slowing things down. I hope there's somebody listening tonight. Um, I believe that you ought to, when you, come to, when you come to church, I think you ought to come to worship the Lord. I think there ought to be preaching. We're not coming here to try to have fun. But I believe you ought to have fun in life. I think you ought to make memories. That's one reason I went sledding today. In fact, I almost stood on the sled. And I said, I'm going to go down standing up today. But I figured I'd be in the hospital, and I've already missed enough church. I didn't want to make another opportunity, so... I just went down face first. You can have fun. You know, if your children, if all they ever hear is nothing but how, how you know, how they didn't get the job done and, and everything's always tense, you know, they're, they're going to look for a way to finally get out of the home that they're in. Because they see the world and even though it's a lie, people are partying, drinking beer, having such a good time. Of course, they never show the other side, people in the hospital, people throwing up and going to jail. But they see something that looks like a good time. I think you ought to have a good time. And I think the treasures in snow, you can have a good time in a winter season. And I'm not saying that you can forget about all the trouble, but I, I definitely think the treasures of snow, there are treasures in winter seasons. It's not always going to be summertime. I, you know, I think one of the greatest times to be able to worship God is when things aren't going well. I think your worship at that time is probably more valuable when everything's going good. 
If you can lift your hand and say, you know, God's been good. And Job does that. The last thing I'll give to you tonight is this. The treasures that can't be lost, treasures during the season of winter. But then if you look at this, verse number 22 again, Hast thou entered into the treasures of snow? Hast thou seen the treasures of hell, which I have reserved against the time of trouble? There are some treasures that are just out of your control. They can't be possessed. If you look at this, if you look in verse 23, which I have reserved against the time of trouble. God, God says, the snow and the treasures of snow belong to me. They don't belong to you, Job. Yes, you've lost your treasure, but there's some treasures you can't lose. And I'm also, I have treasures that I'm in control of that nobody, they've never been put in a man's hand. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, take and just turn back one page, chapter 37. Look what the Bible says, chapter 37, verse number 6. For he saith to the snow, Lahu, speaking of God, be thou on the earth, likewise to the small rain and to the great rain of his strength. In other words, God, God says snow and it snows. God says rain and it rains. God's the one in control of the rain. He's in control of the snow. Man's not in control of that. Man likes to be in control. Man likes to be in control in political office because they think if we hold the, a certain number of seats in the Senate and a certain number of seats in the House, and if we have, if we have control of the presidential office, then we're finally in control and we can work our will and do what we want to do. You know what I found out? Man is not in control. God is the one that's in control. God has the control. There are so many illustrations of that. Take, if you would, and put a mark right there in Job 37, just a minute, and go with me, if you would, to Psalm 147. God, God is in control, um, not man. And, and I think it's an insult to God to think that man has the ability to somehow destroy his creation. Um, I, I do not believe in global warming. I don't believe in climate control. I, I don't believe that man has the ability to control the climate. In fact, tonight it's going to be colder uh, when we go home than it was this afternoon at 1 o'clock. The reason for that is because God put this orb out there, a star called the sun. And that sun heats the earth up sometimes as much as 20 degrees difference than it is in the morning. And then it gets colder at night. That is not controlled by whether or not you burn a charcoal grill in your backyard or whether or not you have a car that uses gasoline. Right. Amen. Amen. And I'll go a step further. I think it is such hypocrisy, it's crass hypocrisy for a man to talk to me about what I'm emitting out of the car that I use and fly around in private jets to go to conferences to talk about global warming and climate change. It's just, it's hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy. But here's what I'm saying. But man, man's not in, we're not in control of the climate. We, we, there, is no, there is no control that we have over that. If you look there in Psalm 147, look at verse number 15. The Bible says, He sendeth forth His commandments upon the earth. His word runneth very swiftly. We're talking about God. He giveth snow like wool. So he says, all right, time to snow, and, and it's like wool. He just, it's piled up out there like we have it. He scattereth the hoarfrost like ashes. He said, okay, today I'm going to put frost on everything. He casteth forth his ice like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He says, I'm going to make it cold today. Tomorrow I'm going to make it hot. He sendeth out his word and melteth them. He causeth his wind to blow and the waters to flow. In other words, he's control of the wind and control of the waters. He's control of the snow, the frost, the ice, the cold. In other words, God, God's in control. Man, you're not in control. 
There's some treasures you don't control. And that's repeated again there in Psalm 148. Look at verse, verse number 8, if you would. The Bible says, fire and hail, snow and vapors, stormy wind fulfilling his word. In other words, God's in control of the fire, the hail, the snow, the vapor, the stormy winds. They move at his word. And boy, I read that, and I got to think about that night getting to come here to preach. I'm glad that I have a God that can stand up in a boat, and when he gets ready, he says, peace be still, and the waves lay down, and the wind lays down because he's the one in control. I'm glad that I've got a God that says, look, I'm going to take it. I'm going to not just stop the sun, but I'm going to wind it 10 degrees backward is what I'm going to do for you. I've got a God that controls the sun. Man is not in control of that treasure. God is. Job needed to know that. Job needed to know that there were treasures that man had no control over. That includes the devil. I'm telling you right now, I'm glad that when it comes right down to it, God has treasures in reserve that nobody can touch except him. I'd say it'd be smart to get close to a God like that. I'd say it'd be smart to take and spend some time worshiping a God like that. He's got treasures to give that nobody else has control over. And I, I, I thought about that today when I got the news about Brother Essinger. And I again thought about my dad. A dear lady called me today and was talking about her husband and others that have gone on. And, and um, I got to thinking about the treasure that must be going on, taking place in heaven when people see each other for the first time and how they just must laugh and enjoy one. I, you know what? I don't believe heaven is a place that you hear a bunch of harp music and everything's quiet. I think heaven's a noisy place. I think there's laughter there. I think there's joy there. I think there's rejoicing there. That's something that man doesn't have control over down here. He might can give you a pill, and he might can fill your glass with something to give you a temporary bit of pleasure. God says, at my right hand, there are pleasures evermore. He's in control of that. I need, I need to get closer to a God like that. And I think God, in speaking to Job, is trying to get his attention off of where his life is, the season he's in. And he's trying to center it back where it needs to be. Job, there's some treasures you can't lose. Job, there's some treasures in winter seasons, and there are treasures that I'm in control of that nobody else can touch. There are things, Job, that not only you haven't lost, but you can't lose. And all you have to do is look at the snow. Look at the snow. You know, I, I hope the next time that you look at the snow, I hope tonight if it continues to snow or if it snows on the way home and you look at that, I hope you're reminded. You know, snow in the Bible, a picture of cleansing. Snow in the Bible is a picture of Christ, and those two are so connected. But snow in the Bible is representative of a treasure of a God who has great power and is in control. Amen. Treasures of snow. Let's read our text one more time and we'll be finished. The Bible says there again, Job 38, verse number 21, Knowest thou it because thou wast born or because the number of thy days is great? Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow, Job? Hast thou seen the treasures of the hail, which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war? Lord, we thank you that you have treasures that cannot be touched by man's hand and control. 
Lord, we thank you that there are treasures that you can bring out of your storehouse in reserve, even in wintertime. And Lord, I'm thankful that there are treasures that you've given us that we absolutely cannot lose when we lose everything else in this world. Thank you, Lord, for the beauty that's covered our area. And Lord, the picture of how that our sins have been covered and made as white as snow by your, your righteousness and your blood. We thank you for that, Lord. And we pray you'd keep our people safe. Lord, we pray especially tonight for the Essinger family. Lord, for Kelly and Cindy and for Mrs. Essinger. We pray you'd comfort them and encourage them for Tim Satterfield and his family. And Lord, I pray that... Um, I pray that you'd be the very present help, the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And Lord, again, we thank you for this place. Thank you for giving us the, the ability to be able to broadcast tonight, to be able to preach, to be able to meet in a place. Lord, thank you that I broke a sweat while I was preaching instead of shaking and shivering. Thank you, Lord, for the people that came out tonight to be part of this, Lord. And I pray you'd help us in the coming days as we work through this winter storm that we'll be mindful of you and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. You're dismissed. <laughs>